Hello, friends. This episode of the JMRK podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to go pick up a copy of Fury Never Dies by Hellbound? If not, please head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and pick yourself a copy of that while supplies last. Also, have you had a chance to stream the self-titled LP from MH Chaos? It's seriously so awesome. It's, it's been a long time coming, and I'm happy that that record is finally out. So shout out to all my friends in Chicago Hardcore. In about two weeks from now, Shackled, Doubt Surrounds All will be out. And I couldn't be any more excited from that for that. Excuse me. It's such an amazing record, and I'm so proud to see how far Shackled has come. They've been doing it for a minute, putting out awesome music. So shout out to all my friends in Shackled. And like I always say, please, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. Also, I want to send a big shout out to Carter Holmes. He got married over the weekend. Such an amazing thing. And I'm so happy for him and his wife, Madison. And I'm just uh, happy for him. So please uh, send Carter and Madison some love. On today's episode, we track down a good friend named Gabe. He sings for a band called Darsum, doing awesome things out here in Southern California. They have a new record dropping this Friday, and they're also playing their first show back in a while at Program on Friday, which is super exciting. I reached out to Gabe and wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about the new record, uh, which was fun for me to, to hear about how it came together because it has been in the works for uh, quite some time now. But something very special, Gabe has sent over a track that he wanted us to premiere here on the podcast, which is awesome. We've never done anything like this before. So I'm really excited to premiere this track for all of you. So please strap in, listen to this new track, and enjoy the conversation. So please, without further ado, welcome Gabe to the show. I can't do this on my own! 
All right, and we're live. Welcome back to the podcast, Gabe. How's it going? Good, good, good. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, thank you for uh, doing this. Obviously, I reached out to you uh, a, a while ago because I knew that there was this uh, new uh, Darsum record on the way, and obviously, I, I have a lot of respect for you and um, you know what you've done for hardcore and what you're still doing for hardcore. So obviously, I, I wanted to you know show you some love and uh, you know help promote the band. So I'm happy that uh, the record's finally out because I know it's been like a long journey to get to this point. But mm-hmm. I'm like I said, I'm just stoked to, to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, I'm stoked to do it. So I'm uh, curious uh, about the record. I kind of want to go back to was it uh, 2016 when the process first started to roll out this uh, you know new EP that you have coming out next week. Well, the what happened was we actually started recording in 2013. Oh wow! And um, for whatever reason. I mean, we had multiple reasons why we kind of like just stopped, but we um, just kind of like decided to take a break. After we were done recording it, I just told the band like, like, I'll just do the vocals on my own time when I have time. And I mean, I, I expected to do it within like, I don't know, a couple months or something. Just like, just give me room to breathe. And then um, it just never happened. And then uh i think i ended up doing two songs which was smash your latest ways and the anger brigade and i did that only because we decided to do one show for tough love which was in riverside and we i wanted to do cassettes for that so we did a two song cassette with those two songs and even then it's like my voice was just so like exhausted still like it just wasn't strong i don't know if it was from like touring or whatever but i had like lost like the throatiness that i use in my vocals and so when i did those songs the guy who recorded them which is the same guy who did like the all our demos and stuff his uh, name's dan he was kind of like oh these could be better like they need more power blah 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 and so I just told him whatever, like, it'll do for now. Like, it doesn't sound like super fucking weak or whatever. So um, we did the cassette, put them on Bandcamp. And from there, I was like telling the band, okay, cool. Like, I'm feeling it. I'll get the rest of the songs done. And then again, it was just like another, well, like four years later, you know, that I got bored again, decided to fucking do it just because the pandemic hit. And I just figured like, if there was going to be any free time to do it, like now's the time. But um, yeah, the process started in 2013, started again in 2016, finished in 2020. So, okay. In the very beginning of 2013, was it always going to be this five song EP or did you guys have uh, no different plans or was it going to be an LP or just a promo? Yeah. So we were on, so we were on Rite of Passage. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's the, it was a development label for Media Scare Records. And the whole thing was basically we'll do the EP for Bite Back, tour on that, get the band's name out, get some momentum, but come home and immediately start working on a full length. And so that's was, that was supposed to be the Anger Brigade. So we have two other songs written, like recorded, that we just, I didn't want to use. I just thought that um, it didn't match the momentum I was looking for. 
it, I mean, like one of the songs, we called it like a beatdown song just because it was supposed to just be like the middle, like track six or track whatever to kind of like break up like the speed of like the first five songs or whatever, however it was going to be tracked. And, um, but we like, it's just slower. Um, yeah. And then we have like an intro that we ended up just tossing, I guess. Like we might make a song out of it later, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. We're, as in, in the meantime, those two songs are shelled. We might redo the whole like beatdown song and rewrite it, but yeah, we do have two other songs that I ended up just putting on a shelf and see what we could do with it later. But I was just really going for intensity. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a very big like exploited fan, and um, and I just look for I, I love hardcore punk in general, but. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for more intensity, like just each song, just always fast, just circle pits, the breakdowns, and then it's out, you know, like anything to me past two and a half minutes is overstaying your welcome, you know? So I just want to end it now. And um, that beatdown song was, I think like three minutes or something like that. So it would just dragged out and gave me more reason to fucking shelve it. Okay, and uh, do you guys still have a relationship with Rite of Passage? Because I know it's been a long time. I'm, I don't know if they, uh, you know, were okay with like you know the the time in between, uh, you know, these like little stints of trying to get the record out. Um, as far as I know, they're done. Mm-hmm. Media Scare entirely, I think, just closed shop. And um, I mean, I, I heard like rumors of what happened. I, I mean, I don't know anything. I have no clarity of the situation. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, as far as I know, Media Scare, Rite of Passage, all that shit is out the window. And um, I think, which is kind of like, I mean, I, I love what, I loved how Baron worked. Baron was the type of dude that just like, yo, your demo was sick. I'm willing to work with you guys if you guys want to do this or whatever, you know, like he, like I jokingly asked him like, Oh, release an EP for us or whatever. And he was just like, okay, like I love the demo. Let's do it. You know, like Mm -hmm. he just was always willing. I mean, not just with us, but like with a lot of bands, you know, he actually took a shot, you know, whatever band it was, it could be like, you know, silent civilian. It could be betrayal. It was uh, volumes, ghost inside, you know, like he just basically like, if he liked it, he wanted to put it out. And for, for that reason, I respected him because, you know, a lot of labels wouldn't do that. A lot of labels have like a niche audience to cater to. Whereas Baron just didn't care. He just like, this sounds sick. I'll put it out. You know, you guys make it happen. I'll make it happen. And we'll go from there. But um, at the same time, it was also a, um, like a curse on us. Like when we did our, the tour with Marauder, uh, we did a show, like we did a show in Florida with um, Blistered, um, Vice, and um, I don't know, some other band that kind of got some hype down the road too and um you know so a couple of those dudes like came up to us and we're like we thought you guys were gonna be like an as blood runs black type band like we were sold on the idea of you guys being like a straight metal or metal core band 
and he's like but you guys are just like a like a more thrashy type hardcore band like or whatever you know and, and that was like the common occurrence like nightly was like oh you guys aren't a ghost inside ripoff or you guys don't sound like this or that you know mm. and everybody always told us because we were on we were affiliated with media scare that we were kind of like already already being written off and the same thing happened with uh rain supreme no oh. you know rain supreme was on this you know upward trajectory and then they signed to you know with media scare and then like kids were just like oh fuck them you know like they're not a hardcore band anymore or whatever the fuck the reasoning was but it's like they were on you know the fucking top of the hill like you couldn't go to a show without seeing like 10 race supreme shirts like the the, the missing val shirt or whatever mm-hmm. and then out of the blue it was just like nobody cared you know and that that album they released sky burial i mean it's, it's incredible and like no everybody i knew who was a fan of them didn't even bother with sky burial because it was just like affiliated with media scare so it was just really weird that we got kind of caught up into that whole that niche of media scare even though like when we would tour we would turn heads because we weren't a metal core band you know even though metal core is cool now you know 2013 it was like you know if you weren't sounding like a biohazard mad ball mashup like you know we could give a fuck about you in the hardcore scene definitely pretty interesting I, i'm kind of uh, happy that you brought up rain supreme I, I don't i can't remember who i was talking to um but i had mentioned that i'm a rain supreme fan and they i don't know if they're joking but they're probably serious who knows but they're like wow i bet you're the last rain supreme fan and i kind of thought about it i was like yeah like I, I think back to like their set at like sound and fury 2009 and that shit was insane i have like the somewhere in my closet back here i have the pre-order shirt that i got from a buddy for the for the second record uh, testing limits of infinite which mm-hmm. i cherish it just hangs there but uh, you know when they signed to meteor scare i, I it, it was a weird transition obviously like i don't know anything personally so i don't know their reasonings why they switched labels but i remember i saw them at aladdin jr and it was like yeah they're fresh onto media scare sky barrel was out it was them uh and murder death kill and i can't remember who else played that show but i remember i i, I went and like nobody from like their previous fan base that I knew who liked the band in California was there. Like I was looking around, I'm seeing all these, you know, beat down kids. Uh, it, it was just a really interesting thing. And I don't know if that's what, uh, you know, kind of did them in. Right. Cause like after that, obviously like, yeah, people stopped caring. The band kind of fizzled out. Um, I, I know the singer's doing another band, but it, yes, it, I lose right now. Oh, oh yeah. See, I, I didn't even know that. I was, I was talking about another band. I think they're called, oh. like, uh, oh, and yeah, yeah, and as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the name I was trying to think of it, but um, it, it definitely is pretty interesting when uh, well, because it gets very political, right? Like sometimes people don't realize it, but when you uh sign to a record label, you're basically like aligning yourself with uh, you know, this entity. Obviously, there's uh, you no know, depending on where they're at in their history, there's going to be you know, bands who've come before, and obviously, there's like a certain vibe to, to each label, right? And yeah you mentioned like all the metalcore stuff and yeah, the, the uh, media scared did some awesome stuff. Uh, there's like an old band called belay my last. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure you remember them. I, I was a huge fan of them. They signed some of my friends in this band called deserters, which I thought, you know, yeah. interesting band had a lot of potential, yeah. but I don't know why uh, they kind of just stopped doing stuff, but yeah. yeah their, their guitar player filled in for us on um, our first U S tour. Oh, really? was it? Yeah. Will or no, um, Justin cheese. Oh, jo- okay, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. 
that's awesome. But yeah, so it, it definitely is pretty interesting to see. Um, but but it doesn't make sense, right? Obviously, um, I'm I'm sure you you kind of knew that going in, right? Okay, if we're gonna sign to you know this label, we're, we're probably gonna be perceived a certain way, and obviously, no. Oh, you didn't that, think so? No, no. So I mean, we I mean we were you know on our own little we were in our own little bubble out okay. here, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like like we could play a local show and we could draw like our thirty to fifty kids. Fine, you know, we could play Paradigm and like almost sell it out you know, with just us and like friends bands, like sovereign strength or something. Mm-hmm. And so when we, you know, signed a media scare, we were kind of like, Oh, cool. Like, like the exposure is going to be that much more. It's like, it's not going to hurt us. People aren't going to think that we are a metalcore band because they would hear what we sound like. Cause we were heavily influenced by figure four and like buried alive. Like mm-hmm. those were like the bands that like, we were really like, aiming for but you know especially i mean the bite back ep doesn't show that but like our demo was really heavily influenced by figure four and buried alive and um you know so we were kind of like oh cool like media scare will you know give us this exposure people hear it and like everybody will like it of course we knew there's always going to be you know that lamb go audience that like will just hate us you know like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason like people know us from like the local scene or whatever and be like oh like they suck or you know whatever fuck like you know those people that will just look for a reason to not like a band or whatever write us off right away but um but we didn't expect to like go on tour and people literally just not even try to give us a chance or whatever because we were affiliated with media scare so that was like the whole you know we didn't really think about that whole thing until we were already it was already too late like we had already, we were like three tours deep and people were like, Oh, media scare is like wrong for you guys. Or you guys shouldn't do media scare, or, you know, like it's bad look or whatever. Fuck. Cause people didn't respect Baron, you know, and people, people knew Baron locally and were just kind of like, Oh, that dude's shitty or whatever. But you know, he was, I only knew, knew him as a good dude, which mm-hmm. to me still is a good dude, but people have a different uh, perspective of him. I never met him personally, but if you look at the, you know, track record of the label, they actually worked with some pretty big bands back in the day. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I don't know where like the weird stigma came from. Cause obviously, um, their vibe would bring out like a different because like obviously in, in hardcore there's like all, all these different like you know sub sections of hardcore right mm-hmm. you know uh, depending on the the builds kind of bring out certain kids but yeah. I'm not sure where like that weird stigma came from like when it came to that label because like you know you mentioned a band like Sovereign Strength you know um, yeah. you know awesome band uh you know they were popping uh for a bit so it's mm-hmm. just like you know I like respected they had them uh, lose none. Uh, you know, from the Bay was on that label for a little bit. Um, I, I don't think they're on there for that. I think maybe just like one record, but that band killed it. And you mentioned earlier Ghost Inside. Like, look how big that yeah. band is now, right? And to to be on yeah. them like so early on, it's just like, yeah, I I I don't know where the weird stigma came from because it's not like it was a long track record of like whack bands. It yeah. was, uh, you know, like obviously, I, like I don't think every band was good on the label, but they had some, you know, bands that went on to do some great things. Oh yeah, I mean they had they had bands with cult following, you know, and that's just hard to come by when you're a band like Ghost Inside, like you're like so young in your career, but like you know you could release returners and sell like 
you know, whatever, like 5,000 albums in a week, you know, through mm-hmm. media scare, you know, it's like, um, you know, Bermuda uh, was also media scare band that had, you know, a really good cult following volumes, you know, like all these bands, like just had these cult followings and he was good at like finding those bands, you know, but again, it's like, um, it's, it's just a niche market, you know, it's like, we could play, we played a show at Bermuda and it was just like the audience that we drew together was fine for the entire show. Like people who liked Bermuda stuck around for us and, you know, it was a good time, but you go play like, you know, a show like that chain reaction, it's going to be kind of a hit or miss, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's just crazy that they had these good bands and that we could get kind of like jumbled into all that, you know, we thought we were going to be good with it, but now at, at any point, cause you'd mentioned, you know, some tours, I, I know you guys went on the road while it was it like murder, death, kill, like war hound back in the day. Yeah. Um, was there at any point did you kind of sit back and think like, wow, I don't know if we made the right choice when it like, came to media scare. <laughs> like, like, did you uh, enjoy those tours that you went on? Do you think they were helpful so, 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 for the band? Well, I can be transparent about, I'm going to be transparent about, this Marauder tour okay. because it heavily influenced the Angry Brigade album. <clears throat> um, the so going into the Marauder tour was just a shit show. We knew from the get go that it was going to be a nightmare because we had issues, and it's all been squashed now. Like between me and um, a dude, one dude, and Murder Death Kill. Mm-hmm. There was just some drama. It came out of nowhere, at least on my end. You know, Baron told me what the drama was, or at least what he kind of was hinted at, what the drama was about. And, um, yeah, so all I knew was that a dude in Murder, Death, Kill, I'm not going to, like, specifically say who, because there's six dudes in that band, so people could just guess. But uh, a dude in that band was apparently mad that we were signed to media scare um without putting in the work or whatever you know even i like it it always confused me because like we had shows under our belt i mean Mm -hmm. we were every show passing out demos like doing our part to fucking you know make a name for ourselves out here but um whatever the guy apparently was mad um that we got signed to media scare and um so going into the Marauder tour, I would talk to our booking agent saying like, I'm down to do this tour because like Bound of Blood toured with integrity mm-hmm. and if Darsim could do Marauder, that's like two like bucket list, like metal core bands that like I love coming up that I could tour with. So I was like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let this drama between us and Murder Death Kill like get in the way of this, you know? And again, it wasn't on my end anyways. I didn't have an issue with, murder death kill at all you know i've Mm -hmm. always loved those dudes and respected them because you know they recorded the first bound and blood full length you know it's like they helped bound and blood and then we helped each other coming up and it's just like you know he felt you know one of those dudes filled in for us on the integrity tour bound and blood so we have this long nearly 20 year history with the band and you know when all that drama came about it was just kind of like what the fuck you know so anyways I talked to our booking agents telling them, you know, that um, 
I, the issue is not on my end. So if they're willing to work with us and everything just be cool, like this will be a blast, you know, let's fucking do it. And it was, you know, once we, the first few shows were great. It was like, again, every night we would turn heads. People would come up to us and be like, oh, we thought you were going to be a fucking, a Black Dahlia murder metalcore type band. You know, it's like, nope. You know, so we would sell merch, you know, whatever the fuck. And then we got to Corpus Christi and then that's kind of when shit hit the fan. You know, that's when we were really just kind of like, okay, I think we made a fucking mistake because, you know, we were playing a show in Corpus Christi. We weren't welcomed at all because we have a anti-crew stance. You know, I mean, that stems from Bound of Blood. Okay. And, um, you know, people who know Murder, Death, Kill know that they're kind of like... They're affiliated. Crew. Yeah, yeah, they're crew affiliated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once we got there, I guess, I don't know, word had already got around that this band is anti-crew. So we pull up and we just weren't welcome. We didn't feel welcome. Mm-hmm. They gave us no merch space. Nobody was, Nobody really was willing to work with us to give us merch space. So we didn't set up merch. We just pulled the bags out didn't get a table anywhere we were just like okay fuck it uh, we'll play this set and we'll just bounce fuck the merch you know let's we'll mm-hmm. get our guarantee bounce <clears throat> and so um uh the guy who was in charge of that specific show it was a fest grown grown manifest it was like sudden death hammer fist oh, okay yeah. what will to live mm-hmm. like all these fucking like you know legendary texas hardcore bands mm-hmm we were like pumped on those because even as bound in blood we like loved will to live mm-hmm. like we, we thought they were like the fucking sickest texas man and so we were kind of cool like you know they're not going to split up the tour like why would they you know but the tour manager from Marauder gave the tour managing job to whoever was promoting the show or working the show and they decided okay cool like this band doesn't like these two bands, us and Warhound. So we'll have an opening band from Texas and then we'll put Darsum second, Warhound third, all the other bands in the middle and then Murder, Death, Kill, Marauder headline. And it was just like, wait, what? Like, dude, like we're on tour with Marauder. Like we're the package, you know, it's like, like, I don't care if we're like maybe like six of 12 or whatever this lineup is like, that's fine. But it's like, you're putting us as an opening band when we're, you know, however fucking thousand miles away from home, like that's fucked up. And so on top of already, like not feeling respected and welcomed, mm-hmm. we played our set. I think Warhound had to go third only because of us, because we were sharing equipment. So, cause they were originally supposed to go, third to last but because we shared equipment they're like oh okay well then fuck you both you know or whatever the fuck so we played our set i i tell the the marauder tour manager you know like we don't feel welcome we're taking off and so he was like okay cool like we'll see you guys tomorrow at, uh fort Worth. and i was like yeah just make sure you get our guarantees thanks you know whatever <clears throat> and so after that whole fucking situation we, we had a good night in corpus christi we went to Selena's grave and, you know, hung out, you know, uh, fucking like, I don't know, some restaurants and shit. <clears throat> so we drive to Fort Worth later that night. We show up the next day. I go ask the Marauder tour manager 
yo, did you get our guarantee? And he goes, oh, no, you know, so-and-so has it. And so I go hit up so-and-so for it in one of the other bands. And he goes, uh, he goes, no, you guys left after your set. So you guys forfeit your guarantee. And I go, no, that's not how it fucking works. Like we drove out there. We showed up. We played. We didn't feel welcomed. We fucking left. Like we're not going to stay anywhere. We're not welcome. And he goes, not my problem. And he fucking walked away. So, you know, mind you, I'm fucking like, I'm five, four and a half, five, five, you know, so-and-so dude is like six, two or some shit. I'm like, I can't fucking muscle him. All I can fucking do is use our, you know, at that time, you know, 15 year history or whatever, you know, as my leverage of like, what the fuck is your problem? So I, I, I grab him and one of Marauders, um, like road dudes, he's like another like six, three, like muscle head dude, like pretty fucking imitate, uh, intimidating. He walks behind me. I'm walking in between these two guys now. And like my drummer, he's kind of like on the side of me, just making sure like nothing's really going to fucking go down. And um, so-and-so dude tells the Marauder guy, like, it's fine. You know? And I'm like looking at him too. Like, yeah, like, what am I going to do? Like, like, yeah, I'm going to fuck him up. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck. So I, you know, I, I I tell him like, like, yo, like, what's your fucking deal? You know? And he basically just tells me the same shit, you know, like he's told me for a long time, you know, like, oh, you're anti-crew and, you know, I don't like your, you know, your hardcore stance or whatever the fuck, something along the lines of that. And I'm just like, it's so petty, you know, so I, of course, have to fucking go tattletale on him to my booking agent that, you know, like we're basically getting robbed of our money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my booking agent calls him and I'm standing outside of the front of the venue and he comes out and like oh, there's like a line of fucking kids and he like comes out yells at me like fuck you don't look at me don't talk to me like you know like i want i want nothing to fucking do with you basically and again i'm like looking at him and go like what the fuck dude you know like, i like i all i could do is like chuckle and like toss my hands up in the air and like look at these kids you know kind of like 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 are you fucking serious you know so that that tour after that whole incident that's when we decided like you know uh, like fuck this you know it's like maybe like like this is just fucking you know the wrong direction for us you know like to be here to be affiliated with these bands or whatever not marauder like marauder took us out that night we went to go see um this band except like an 80s metal band i fucking love mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we saw them that night after the show but um yeah we got our money and um yeah man it took you know maybe two years ago you know i finally talked to those guys and you know apologized and whatever but you know when, once we got home and we already had those these songs for angry brigade written and man did it make writing those lyrics so much more easier to just to get out you know i mean the angry brigade is seriously I mean, it was just supposed to be one song about like people just like being mad at us or, or that particular guy being mad at us. Mm-hmm. But um, man, you know that. But that tour showed me an entire scene that was just fucking terrible in my eyes. It, it, it to me that hardcore scene at that point was just so divisive and. 
you know, just terrible. You know, like if you had no credibility, you know, of course in California, like in our area, you know, people who know me, like know me, but I go to Texas and I'm just a fucking new Jack metalcore kid, you know, and you know, their attitude really, you know, got to me, you know, and so when I got home, we wrote, and I finally wrote out the rest of the lyrics for this, you know, smash your latest ways, letters of outrage and all shit. It was just easy. It, it came out very easy because I was just so fucking pissed off at what I was dealing with, mm-hmm. with friends who I was supposed to be friends with, you know, in hardcore and the scene, what it was becoming to be, you know, across the states. And I, mean, I thought it was just like an Aladdin's type thing, you know, like I thought Aladdin's was very divisive as an audience, you know, but man, that fucking attitude or whatever was going on at that time stretched all the way to fucking New York, all the way down to Texas. I mean, it was crazy. Like how terrible I hardcore was, you know, at that point. Yeah. I, I, w- I want to give credit to, uh, actually, I probably didn't say his name, but I had this guy who, who like helped me out like early on in the scene. I, I'll, I'll tell you off here. I, I know yeah. you know him, but, um, he kind of like broke it down to me one night. He was just like, yo, he's like, I know you are probably gonna be one of those dudes that stick around for a long time, but I just want you to know that this shit is very political and can get like really dark at times. So just, just maneuver yourself like in the right way. And don't like let certain things get you down because um, some things just may not be what you expect. And over the years, right, just, uh, being friends with certain people, uh, you know, watching certain situations play out, I'm just like, fuck, like shit can get really dark. So like I'm here, I'm hearing about your story. And I'm happy that was like, you know, it like nothing crazy really happened because um, there's just like you know, some crazy stuff that, you know, have happened, still happening to this day. But um, it, it, it is a weird thing, right? Because there's this thing in hardcore that we both love. But then you but at the same time, there's these little pockets that sometimes um, maybe, maybe not for you, but for me, I just kind of like think about shit like fuck, like how can shit suck so bad, uh, you know, with certain aspects of it? I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I love this so much and I wish I could get rid of like certain bullshit aspects of hardcore but at the same time i'm like okay this shit's always been going on there's no way that i'm gonna be like the one person to change this entire thing um so it's just like i feel like it's just like part of the this game that we're playing right because it's all it's like things get very political uh so i i I envy a lot of people who uh you know don't have to deal with certain things people who can just come in and still have like that um you know just like that pure love and you know they just they still come and it's like you know just like the best thing ever for them and and granted like i I still love it you know as much as i did before but it's just like i know there's certain shit that goes on that i kind of have to uh, you know not really turn a blind eye to but kind of have to like just accept because this it just comes with the territory yeah and you can't it's hard to even want to speak up about it let's say like you know from experience in bound on blood i wrote um, I don't need dog tags. I know who my friends are. Mm-hmm. And boy, did that fucking cause a shit storm. Dude, I have people from fucking Florida, Detroit, California, like calling me all mm-hmm. fucking night Jeez. about how you're fucking dead. You're going to end up in the back of a fucking dumpster. And like in two dudes were in like, you know, in, in a, in a very credible fucking 
Ozfest's hardcore band, <laughs> like you know, that were affiliated with like a, a specific crew. Mm-hmm. But man, I mean, one dude's in prison now. But it's like they were fucking furious, and it caused a fucking shitstorm. And it be and it came to a whole thing of like, what are you doing? You can't write a song like that. Like you're gonna cause a revolt. Like it took us years to get this scene to what it is. And if you're going to start, you know, promoting a message like, uh, you know, dog tags, like don't support, basically don't support your local crew. Mm-hmm. You, um, you're going to fucking cause, you know, um, you know, I mean, the whole thing was that you're going to cause a revolt, basically, you know, it's like all these Nazis are going to come back and all these people that aren't supposed to be here are going to come back and blah, blah. It's like, dude, like you could still be here. You could still beat those fucking people up or kick them out of the scene, whatever the fuck. But it's like, we don't, this shouldn't, you know, be a space for gangs. You know, it's like, I got into hardcore to escape the world of gangs. I was a, you know, I was a skater kid getting picked on by my local gang dudes. You know, it's like, I don't want to get a hardcore. And because I'm not wearing the fucking right shirt or white cam, you know, the right camo shorts or whatever, then I got to get bullied here or jumped as well. You know, it's like, it makes no sense to escape one world because you feel like an outcast only to be diving into another world where you're still going to be an outcast because you don't look the part. You don't believe the part. You're not, you know, uh, in the same clique to be, you know, a cool guy or whatever the fuck, you know? And it's like, and I have a lot of friends still who are crew dudes who, you know, which is why I didn't get beat up ever, you know, who understood where I was coming from. You know, it's like, yeah, I wrote, I don't need dog tags, but it wasn't about this main fucking crew who wore dog tags. It was about like all the young kids who looked at them and were like, oh, I need dog tags too, because that's what you do as a hardcore kid. You join a crew start a crew and you wear dog tags, you know, and that's what the whole song was about. And man, but it's like, it got to a point like, you know, where the battle of blood dudes were like, well, one dude in band was like, dude, I, I quit. Like, I'm not going to get beat up because of what you believe in. Like, you know, so, you know, you can hate all these things in hardcore and want to change it. But once you try to like, even make a step in that direction, you're going to, step on some toes you know obviously you know not on purpose unintentionally but you're gonna step on toes and piss people off you know and um you know it's scary you know it, it's like i mean we're in that climate now you know where if people are afraid to speak up about shit you know and it's like you can't even do it in hardcore either you know it's like if you don't fucking like something going a certain way it's like you know, you get beat up over it or you could get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, I've always been like one side and the other. I, I wrote a song, it's a mess, get the fuck out, which was about people who complained about crews and hardcore and, you know, wishing it was gone. And to me, I was like, why don't you just leave? You know, and then a year later, I'm writing, I don't need dog tags because it to me, I was like, I get it now. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like, it's unnecessary at this point, but, um, yeah, I, I feel like if you're going to speak up about it, like you have to be ready for the repercussions. Cause mm-hmm. obviously things get around, you know, people get pressed, right. There's, uh, there's countless bands who have like tried to kind of wave that flag, right. And yep. speak out and, and they get beat up, they get blackballed. Right. Cause, 
um, I don't know if people, a lot of people realize who books a lot of the shows out here, right? So you say stuff about, you know, certain people and it's like, all right, you get blackballed. You're going to figure it out yourself. You're going to have to start booking your own shit, figuring it out and hope that people don't show up to your shit and press you. So it's just like, yeah, I, I feel like if anybody like obviously speak up, try to be, you know, uh, you know, try to be like, uh, like have some, uh, like, I, I don't know, just if you're gonna have criticism, right. And you're going to be that hour about it. Like you have to be prepared. What's going to come with that. Cause obviously, yeah. especially in this day and age, everybody's watching, everybody's listening there. You're one retweet away from a firestorm. So it's just like, and for me, like, I don't have any beefs with anybody. I've been around long enough to know how to just like kind of carve my way through things. Right. Like, um, obviously I, I, I also have friends, um, you know, who are affiliated. I listen to a lot of bands that are uh, affiliated, uh, you know, people may or may not realize, but you know, there's a lot of bands out there that are, but it's just like, yeah, you can't, it, you know, it, it's always been there, right. For, yep. for better, or for worse. Um, mm-hmm. and like I said, for my time being around, I've seen the good that comes with it and the bad that comes with it. So for yep. me, I, I just kind of accept it. And, and even for me, I was in a crew back in the day, not like the biggest crew, whatever, but you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy world, but yeah. it's just like at, at this point, I don't think you could ever get rid of it, right? Like I think it's no, just, no, no, yeah, no. Sure. It, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's been it's around. It's, yeah, it's 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 been around since the eighties. You know, yeah. I mean, since the basically the start of hardcore or punk or whatever. Like it's always been there. <clears throat> I think you know, two thousand, you know, one two thousand, like you know, eight was kind of like the more the, like the most scary time for it because now I don't see too much of crew stuff at this point mm-hmm. you know i know like i mean all, obviously a lot of those dudes i came up in the hardcore scene with you know they're all like family guys now and doing the family thing <clears throat> you know but um even then like even like the new crews i see you know it's like it's not as heavily it's not as policed you know the scene isn't as policed as it was mm-hmm. you know from 2001 2008 area and for that it's just kind of like oh great you know it's like it's because that's what was to me that that's what was wrong in that era was the policing that was going on you know it was just uh i mean even though like it benefited me to an extent because okay. i was friends with so many of those guys that you know if i punched a dude or whatever the fuck you know it's like you know my friends would be there immediately you know so i mean i mean i'm not i'm not innocent but i was you know i was never i never felt like i had to be in a crew to be in the crew you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but yeah but it took it took an incident happened with my friend he was in a crew but i he was like more like a pop punk dude when i met him mm-hmm. and then he got affiliated with the crew and turned you know kind of like you know tough guy or whatever the crap and, um, you know, and, and he ended up in prison, you know, for manslaughter. And to me, it's like, I felt like had he never got affiliated or dived in so deep into that realm, like he'd still be out today, you know, just being a regular dude. But now he's like, he's been, a, he's, I think he has life in prison. I know they're trying to like appeal it, but, mm-hmm. but that's, that's where it was my turning point for me, where it was just kind of like, maybe you know these crude things aren't as 
positive as they appear to be, you know, even though like they have created a very positive atmosphere, you know, a safe space to some degree, but at the same time, people who got, you know, the other end of that stick would disagree. (laughs) No, trust me. Like uh, when I was in the crew, it went from us you know, going to shows to enjoy the music to going to shows to fight people. Right. Like I'm, I'm rolling out and it's just like, yo, like, uh, you know, so-and-so shows up, we're just going to sock him out. I'm like, okay, that's whack. Or, Hey, after this set, we're going to go behind his abandoned gas station and settle some beef. And it's just like, dude, I just want to go to a show to sing along mosh stage dive and not have to worry about getting hit with a baseball bat or getting beat up, getting jumped. I was like, I'm sick of this. So I, I quit. I, I straight up told everybody. I was like, I was like, this is, you know, I, I get you guys want to do this. You guys are all tough. You guys enjoy fighting at every show, but I just, I just don't need that. Like this is killing my love for hardcore. And this isn't why we started this crew, but if that's the direction you guys want to go, you want to keep, you know, uh, you know, beating up, you know, more prominent people. You want to keep making your name for yourself. Go do your thing. I'm just going to step aside. Uh, no beef. Uh, I'm just going to still be at shows, but just know that I'm not going to, you know, uh, be a part of that anymore because it's just I see where it's going right we're either gonna beat up the wrong person somebody's gonna end up going to jail somebody's gonna get stabbed or it's just like like it, it, there's no end right it, it, at the, the direction re- we were reality heading. is gonna set in yeah in an area that it wasn't supposed to be in yeah, yeah. when uh yeah so it's just like I I kind of saw the clear picture right and it's just like I just had to get myself out of that because mm-hmm. it, it was just like you know we had to defend each other at all costs, whatever. And it's just like, and then we're getting, uh, okay. We're getting calls and being like, Hey, like I'm getting pressed by these dudes. Like, will you guys fight for me? And I'm just like, dude, we're not like goons for a hire. Like what is going on? Like why? And you know, and it's just like, yeah, it, it just made shit so bad that I just, yeah, like I hated going out of town because it was never like, I, the love for like the music and shit i felt like had just gone away and they were just on this high of just like you know uh getting known for beating up people and causing a ruckus getting fucking venues shut down and just ruining it for everybody and it's just like dude that's not that's not what i want to be a part of you know so i i stepped back and i just like luckily nothing like i never got caught up in anything weird um but it's just like i, I just had to quit that shit because it just wasn't for me anymore at that point yeah yeah i mean it, it's one of those things that eventually you, you got to grow up and realize very quick you know and it, it's good for you you know that you see that like oh they're calling me to go fucking beat people up now like okay like it's too much other people you know it doesn't hit people as fast you know it's like other people are like you know okay let's fucking go you know and it's just like no you know it's like i avoided some some um crazy situations because of the same stance i had you know like uh there was an incident in and out by in corona where um mitch from suicide silence he got a gun pulled on him and the dude like stuck it to like his chest or whatever the fuck and that's where that line from suicide silence um uh seconds from the end pull uh what's it gonna be pull the trigger bitch mm-hmm. that's where that whole story line or whatever that line is from because that's what Mitch was saying. He was like, yo, like if you're going to fucking shoot us, you're going to shoot. You have to come through me first or whatever. So pull the trigger. 
<clears throat> you know, and it was just one of the situations where it was like, yo, we're going to get in a fucking fight. Come out. You know, we need people here. And I was just, I was the one I was like, I'm not going like, fuck that. Like, it's not my drama. It's not yeah. my situation. Like, fuck it. You know, let them deal with it. But, you know, Mitch and all our other friends went out that night, you know, and, you know, fortunately, the dude didn't fucking pull the trigger on him. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I reality kicked in real quick. But like, it's not even fucking worth it. Like, you know, I don't care. Like, you know, I love my fucking friends. Mm-hmm. But who we're going to go stand up for, like, isn't on that tier for me. You know, it's like, that's their drama. Let them fucking deal with it. They want to go be fucking idiots and call people out, you know, at in and out Like, no, you know, because I don't know who the fuck those dudes are. You know, <laughs> like, fuck that, dude. But Yeah, it, it, it makes sense because it's just like when we got called to to go uh, you know, handle some business for th- th- this guy. It's like, dude, we were just hanging out with those dudes a couple weeks ago. Mm. Like, what did you do? Like, this doesn't involve us. So uh, I-, I had to kind of tell my friends, like, this isn't this isn't our problem. Like, is it, like even though the guy that's calling us, we like, he's a cool dude. We, we can't do this because it- it's going to set a precedent, right? And we go fight these guys, we beat them up or they beat us up. And now there's like a line drawn, right? It's like, okay, those guys are are you know a part of this problem now and it's like i'm not trying to get sucked into a bunch of shit that didn't involve us mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it's just some crazy shit and, and honestly a lot of the times these beefs and stuff it's not even that serious it could be like in all reality it can be handled with a real conversation right like yeah, hey yeah, like, let's sit down let's most, of, most of it's girl drama oh geez yeah trust me i've seen and heard so much stuff it's crazy yeah so it's just like yeah. a lot of stuff can be handled fighting's like and like even back then i thought i could fight right i thought i was like this oh, yeah, yeah. this street fighter whatever um and then you know I, I start getting to mma and i go train mma and i realize i did not know how to fight at all i'm yeah. a fucking loser right I, I, i'm in this this um, mma gym with real fighters who know how to fight and i'm getting my ass kicked uh, you know humbly because I, I i went in there with an open mind realizing that these are you know, uh, pros and they know what they're doing. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I was out there thinking I'm, you know, throwing punches and kicks uh, the right way. And it's just like, yeah. So it's just, it, it's, it's terrible. Like it, it just wasn't for me. I'm just happy that I got out. I understand it's still around. Like I said, I, I have friends that are still a part of it. Go do your thing. Yep. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just not for me. Yeah. And I, and same with me, you know, I, I, my dudes, my friends who are like in crews and shit is like, great. You know, all I care about at this point, you're out of jail, you're alive and well. You know, you're happy, healthy. That's all I care about. You, they could do their thing or whatever. I mean, at this point, it's like, it's no secret, you know, where my stance is at. And they know that they respect it. And I could go, you know, to a show and we're still, you know, we could start a conversation like we never fucking left. And it's great. You know, I, I like that friendship, you know, and <clears throat> or those friendships that are that could be like that, you know, of course. The situation that Darcy got stuck in, mm-hmm. you know, that guy felt differently. You know, it was uh, you're with me or against me. And uh, it didn't have to be like that ever. And it's not like that now. You know, again, like him and I have hung out twice at this point. <clears throat> we get along fantastic, you know, and um, it's great. Again, you know, it's like, again, I, I love my friends, you know, and I'm okay with the, for the most part, you know, unless you're like, you know, 
really a fucking snake about shit. <clears throat> you know, I'm okay with the simple. I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I could forgive and forget. And, um, you know, that's what I got. You know, he, he gave me an I'm sorry. He was wrong for all that shit. And uh, great. You know, he, he actually, I think he even said, like, you feel stupid thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Because it was just such a, you know, it was a petty thing to, you know, be fighting over like meaningless shit you know like we band like your band is gonna surpass mine or whatever versus like we could have just helped each other you know like i don't know like yeah it it is weird when people kind of feel jaded or yeah you know feel a certain type of way when they kind of start comparing themselves to like other people when it's just like no, you guys are on the same label. You guys are on the same team. You guys should right. be kind of pushing each other to right. to be bigger and pe- to be better because it just helps everybody in the end. If it's like yeah. you know, especially if you're from the same area, which yeah. uh, I feel like a lot of people should kind of you know realize that that just because uh, you know another band gets an opportunity, you shouldn't you know uh, feel a certain type of way about them. You should just be happy for them, right? Because it yeah. doesn't because yeah. it doesn't take away from anything that that you're doing. Because I, I feel like th- uh, to have like that weird famine mindset to think that okay if this band got on this tour that means like they're taking from us it's just like no there's there's plenty to go around like think about yeah yeah. just think about all the shows that are happening around the world or even around just think about our country in in one day it's like there's no like shortage of shows yeah yeah and uh you know and it's one of those things too you know like even if my band surpassed you like i'm gonna help you out if the opportunity you know is there you know like i'm not here to fucking you know use you as a fucking stepping stone you know it's like we're here to help elevate each other you know it's like we're more like a a fucking um like a fair slide you know it's like if i'm ahead of you or behind you i'm gonna push you forward as well and i expect you know i would hope you would fucking try to pull me with you or whatever the fuck you know like let's just go down this shit together and you know but it's uh crazy when uh you know bands want to be competitive mm-hmm. versus you know just helping each other out and yeah i don't know like especially I'll, with the history we have you know there's history with mm-hmm. those bands good history but competition comes into play and it's like negative competition it's like why why yeah it's so weird because it, it's like you want to see your friends do better, but then sometimes, yeah. you know, people kind of like reveal their true colors and they're not really your friends. And then you're like in this like crabs in a bucket type thing where, you know, they're trying to pull you down to, you know, keep to keep you at their level when it's just like, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be like that. And I just sometimes I wish I could understand why people felt that way, where they would get jealous when they see their peers, even their friends succeed. It's just like, dude, they're not like. I just don't see how that's like a negative thing. And if they're like your actual friends, like you should be happy for them and yeah. support them. But it's just, yeah, things get weird, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I can't explain it. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of it's just petty because there's no, there's no base for it. It's literally just shit. They're getting bigger. Like, fuck them. You know, like, like there's, there's like no real anger there other than I want my band to be bigger. Like, why isn't it bigger? And they're blowing up, you know, in a situation like that would be like final burden and suicide silence, you know, they both come up at the same time mm-hmm. and final burden was around first. 
but Susan Silence just fucking I just blew them like, out of the water, you know. So I feel like Final Burden just wasn't as active. You know what's weird is that I just recently learned that they were very active and touring and doing all this shit. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I was like, wait, what? Like they toured, they did shit. Like I didn't know that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, so I don't know. It, it really um, fucked up my thinking of why Final Burden didn't get as big. I mean, they have a they have a little cult following happening right now because of the resurgence of Deathcore. But um, but yeah, I, I mean. We were all friends, you know, Susan Silence, mm-hmm. Burn. We all hung out. <clears throat> and um, you know, we saw it go from healthy, friendly competition to, you know, um petty competition. And um, you know, it was all because of the two bands sort of doing the same thing. Susan Silence a little bit more <clears throat> death metal influenced, I feel like, than Final Burden. Final Burden was always more edge metal, like Euro hardcore mm-hmm. metal influence Susan Silence was not um but um for me it always comes down to image factor I think image factor had a lot to do with it but um but yeah you know I mean that's one of those things that I saw go from straight healthy friendships to fuck them you know and uh yeah it's so weird yeah and uh, it's kind of weird because obviously back then those types of bands there was i feel like there was like way more crossover into like the hardcore scene oh my yeah because even now you don't really see it that much there's i I feel like i'm not sure if you're familiar with that label like maggot stomp i I feel like like a lot of people are kind of into like those bands and obviously they had like a a triple b uh, pop-up thing uh like a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago at this point and you know you you see you see some of those bands like uh, playing hardcore shows which is cool but it's just like i feel like it was way more popular in like the early 2000s and way more oh, common sure. well like you know i mean like let's say like let's go to 2000 you know i saw like open hand opening for throwdown 18 visions or mm-hmm. thrice over my dead body and throwdown um over my dead body good clean fun martyr ad 18 visions throwdown you know brothers keeper you know like all these bands that like normally wouldn't like mesh together on one fucking bill and um yeah uh you definitely don't have that now i guess the the extent of it now is you're gonna get a band that sounds like madball and then you're gonna get a band that sounds like marauder and that's the extent of the differences of bands at this point you know when when we were when darson was actively torn it was like more every band sounded like you know, Madball. <laughs> Every single band was a Madball, Leeway, Biohazard type band or something. And um, it just was weird because then we would play and it was just like we were the oddball. But, um, you know, it's just uh, it's just stuck, I guess, that you don't get an emo band or a post-hardcore band opening for um dude i just saw flower today river city high you know which is like a pop punk band from the early 2000s opening for zayo you know and it's just like like that would never happen today you know and i know that band there's a band called um what stand still stand still long island yeah yeah you know i know they're doing hardcore shows mm-hmm. and like they're on tour and like, now yeah and like to me like that's awesome like you know i haven't i feel like i haven't seen something like that i mean i'm a little out of the loop as well but 
I feel like I haven't seen something like that since like set your goals or something, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. It's, it's funny that you mentioned Stancil because I was going to ask if you're like aware of like this, like uh, this, I don't know if it's like a resurgence, but there's something going on um, over there on Long Island. There's like a uh, standstill. There's a band called Koyo, Somerset Thrower, Victory Garden, uh, Yes Duke. Uh, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. So sorry if I'm forgetting I only somebody. Know the, I only know two. I know Koyo because I, I think one of the dudes is in Rain of Salvation also. Yeah, the um, drummer. Yeah. Oh, and, and the guitar player. Shout out yeah, TJ. Sal. I think he thinks Sal, right? Sal does both or something. Yes. Yeah, Sal um, drums and TJ plays guitar and both. Okay. But, um, yeah, yeah, so they're doing like this, uh, you know, cool, uh, you know, uh, kind of like paying homage to like bands like from their area and just doing this kind of, uh, you know, cool emo sound. Like, I feel like Koyo is could easily have been on drive through records with like mm -hmm. the type of band that they are and the sound that they have. Um, and it's weird that it's all coming from Long Island right now, but like those bands are getting out there and, uh, you know, touring like Stancil's on tour right now with Pain of Truth and Age of Apocalypse, yeah, um, which great. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh koyo was on tour with, with, with like some hardcore bands they, they, they did a couple shows um they're coming out west and like a couple weeks with uh, anxious which is like another uh i guess i don't know if emo would be fair to call them but i i, I feel like they're kind of like, carving out this whole new like wave of like this like you know kind of not really pop punk but more like alternative and like emo type stuff which is like pretty cool since yeah. i liked a lot of that growing up and i still do to this day like i still listen to like a lot of uh, older bands like taking back sunday which is weird to say great um, still great yeah <laughs> timeless yeah. timeless band 100 um and, and i was actually so bummed that i i missed out on that show that they played at chain reaction with oh jimmy world because yeah, I, 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 I had to go i had to go see phoebe bridgers with my wife because uh -huh. i bought tickets for us like a couple months ago and uh we went to the del taco right down the street from chain reaction that night and the whole time i'm telling my wife like let's fucking go you know like mm -hmm. i will find a way to get us into that show like let's we're never going to see that again i miss jimmy world in like 1997 mm -hmm. they played uh at this venue out here riverside called uh, the barn they played with like sense field and um i don't know fucking um i can't one other fucking band i just had it but it was, it was five dollar show and they played in the the barn was on like a like a you know about as big as chain reaction okay but that was the only time i could have i had the chance to see jimmy world and like that kind of atmosphere until that chain show no time i'm talking about i mean in fucking you know del taco with my fucking wife let's fucking go like we're never gonna see this again you know like i, I saw taking back sunday at chain reaction i seen him at a record store to like 20 people like to me, like there was like nothing there for me for taking back like, Sunday other than just me simply enjoying seeing them again. Mm -hmm. See Jimmy at World at Chain Reaction, it's never gonna happen again. And if it does, it's gonna be like another secret show. But man, I was so fucking bummed to be down the street, but have to go see Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was bummed, man, because I was like, I'm gonna be survive the night the day, night before. Mm -hmm. Would have been a, just as awesome to see. Yeah, because you. And I'm curious, like how how much they packed it out because I know they did like the tickets like in person, and there was like some extra tickets. So I'm I'm curious what the vibe was like. Cause I I don't know anybody who went. Neither do I. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, the only videos I seen were just like people who worked that chain, but even then, it's like just of the bands, mm -hmm. and that was it. Like I had no video of the turnout or how it looked, but you man, yeah, that would have been something. Okay, well. 
curious about this new record. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite song on the record, um, and you know, obviously, uh, the record won't be out. This is going to drop on Monday, so uh, the record won't be out till Friday. Yeah. But but at this point, I think my favorite song is uh, "Lovers of Outrage." Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I feel like that. It's just like um, just like the chants that go along with. It. I feel like kids could you know obviously uh, go crazy, participate, and I, I just felt like that song just really stuck out to me. Yeah, that one. It's funny that you say that because we had we just had band practice the other day, mm-hmm. and I was telling my drummer, I go, you know what? Sometimes a part of me wishes, like I made that the single, and he was just like, well, why? You know, I was like, I don't know. Like, I think it has. I think that middle breakdown for me makes the song, and then the way it ends as well is strong. <laughs> But um, it's just different from, well, I feel like the whole album is different from, if anyone who's listening to Darson, they will listen to this and kind of be like, oh, shit, like, doesn't sound anything like the Bite Back EP. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, because with this one, I really went for direction. I really went with, um, you know, Bite Back was a very clusterfuck of influences. I had a guitar player who was really into Comeback Kid and Acacia Strain and State Your Guns and shit like that. Whereas I was very heavily into uh, this Canadian band called Withdrawal. <clears throat> and um, so we were like at odds when it was coming to that album. And I guess now that I mentioned that, people could listen to that and go, oh, yeah, now we hear that sound coming through. But um, with Angry Brigade, I was really set on a direction. I, I told the guys, we're not going to do a fucking metalcore song, hardcore song, thrash song, repeat, you know, and go in this fucking circle of shit, like our melodic hardcore song, whatever. <clears throat> we got to fucking go a direction that, you know, we have fun doing. And of course, we took these songs on tour and we saw what got the reactions or whatever the fuck. And, um, yeah, you know, my ideal band, I mean, this goes stretches back to the Band on Blood days, was always, you know, Habry Satisfaction, Death of Desire, and Figure Four. Like, those two sounds, if we could just mix them in, that's what I want. And that's what I've always strived for. Because I've always liked verse, chorus, verse. I've always felt like, you know, a song has to have chants or, you know, repeated choruses and stuff like that. Like, I've always felt that, you know, Battle of Blood didn't have a lot of that. But with Darsum, it was like that was my goal was to always do verse, chorus, verse or to have parts that were, you know, always going to stick out. You know, a part of a song was going to stick out each time. <clears throat> and that's why I got rid of the other two songs, because they didn't fucking do anything for me. You know, they were like fillers at this point you know whereas these five songs with angry brigade they're all somewhat in you know have their own vibe but they all have their own um catch you know they're all they all they all have their own little hooks <clears throat> and um yeah lovers of outrage for sure um probably should have been the single but my my outlook on that was um we had our, already released angry brigade smash your lead its ways and um, 
Oh, and then I thought Death of Me just set the tone better for the album than all the other songs. Like it wasn't, it was just very in your face. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard people... to pick a song. It's hard to pick a song. Yeah. Uh, here's a little spoiler. I'm, I'm, uh, doing a podcast with, with with a band and they they were like hey like we're doing this new record and i'm like all right cool i want to you know premiere a song if that's cool if you guys are down to that you know do that idea and they're super into it so you know they're like all right cool like we're gonna do the podcast uh what song do you want to do and i'm just like oh shit like i gotta figure this out i gotta pick the right song right because i because obviously i want people to get stoked on it i don't want to pick the wrong one so i like sit down and like listen to the record a bunch of times and luckily the song that i picked the band was into it so i'm like all right i, I hope this is the right one I, I i won't know um until it comes out to see if people are, are digging it or not but uh it I, i'd never really been put in that position but i've always asked the question like oh like why'd you pick that single uh you know or, or like how'd you come to that decision so so it definitely is pretty interesting but i do like that you picked the first song in the record because now it's like okay people uh, obviously the death of me is out there so is um, Angry Brigade and Smash Release Ways. So cool. People can you know, get through that part of the record and be like, all right, we're super familiar with this. And then here comes the, the last two songs, which are new. So it's like, kind of like this cool. It's like this uh, the way I picture it, it's like a, kind of like a roller coaster, right? It's like, all right, cool. Like we already know what what's to come because we've heard these songs before. But now these new songs are going to be like something really fresh. And it's not like new, old, new, you know, so it's not like yeah. you know, people going back and forth. And um, yeah, th- that's just the way that, that I think about it. So I, I think. Um, in a way that's cool that you picked that the, the first track so now you know uh, by the time the record comes out and people are sit down and listen to it it's like they're familiar with the first three then uh, the last two are brand new so give, yeah. them, give them a reason to stick around yeah and then the those last two songs are the band other dudes favorite songs okay so, so you know I, I mean a lot of like i'm kind of the guy like, i'm the guy that like, steers the ship mm-hmm. because technically Darson was a two-man band. I think I explained it to you a while back. Mm-hmm. And so obviously my guitar player quit. So now it's just me. And the band has always kind of like respectfully just said, well, it's your band. You know, what do you want to do? You know? Um, so even though these, you know, Lovers of Outrage and The Proof are their favorite songs, what it came down ultimately to me was what's going to set the tone of the album, the best, you know, and I wanted it to be like, you know, I passed out those samplers at the, you know, at the terror running out shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be like when the person fucking put the CD in or whatever, fuck like just right away. It just like, bam, you know, and it, it just goes right into it. Um, and for me, it was like lyrically and musically, it just sets the entire tone. For what the album is really going to be which is basically the whole album is about the hardcore scene um but um yeah i just felt like it was perfect and um but you know of course you know i i get in bed and i'm like fuck maybe lovers of outrage should have been the song you know because like, that song is very i think it's a very good song it's mm. different from us it's something that we really haven't touched on same with anger brigade anger brigade was our most different song structurally um, um, uh, what the fuck? I'm the rhythm, uh, rhythmically or whatever. Fuck, it's different than what we've always done. And um, but uh, yeah, lovers of outrage is definitely our strong second favorite song on that album. 
well, at least for me, at least it's my mm-hmm. second favorite. And then, but Death of Me to me is just, <clears throat> I love it because it sums up. I mean, it, you know, now that you know the story about the Marauder tour, mm-hmm. you can read the lyrics of that song and it's just like, okay, you know, that's the backstory of why this has lost its fun. <laughs> and I'm curious from 2013 to here we are in 2021, uh, mm-hmm. you're a, going to play the show on friday november 5th and uh you know the ep comes out that day did, did you ever we, we we didn't want it to come out that day so oh. this show so this yeah. show okay wasn't even supposed to happen for us my goal or my plan at least was to do for the children because our records the vinyl record is coming mm-hmm. it shifts november 15th and okay. then it will will be here like december 1st or something like that i forget what they said and so I'm like, oh, perfect. Like for the children is uh, December 10, 11, 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, we could just do a record release show. Like it works out perfect, you know? So, which is like on the, on YouTube, uh, the death of me video says available on CD vinyl December <clears throat> because it was meant to come out in December. All the shows supposed to be done in December. But um, I was talking to uh, Daryl from foreign pain about how, like, I don't even know how to go about getting shows at this point. Like, we're not a cool guy band. We, you know, like we know a couple people who book shows, but we don't know really who's going to allow us to kind of come back from like a six year hiatus. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't want to make us open a show because we didn't want to open a show. If we knew that, especially once if we have an album coming out, we don't want to fucking open a show. And um, so anyway, we were t- I was talking to Daryl about that. And Daryl was like, well, I'll keep an eye out, you know, because he works at Chain Reaction. So he's like, I'll, I'll, you know, keep an ear out. If anything pops up, I'll let you know. And then like two days later, he's like, hey, you want to do our record release show with Foreign Pain? And I'm like, shit, like, well, let me talk to the guys, you know, and it just that. And that's just how it happened. He was just like, yo, we have a show. You guys want to jump on it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. OK, so and th- so for me, it was like, OK, well, we have this. Show. We're going to agree to the show. We have to release the album, you know, or do something to like kind of like have at the show. And <clears throat> so I had to do all this fucking planning, you know, to figure out the song premiere, um, piecing together all these videos and setting up band camps and all that crap for this album, getting the CD pressed. You know, uh, do we're doing cassette as well, very limited cassettes. Um, you know, all this shit just kind of be had to be mapped out, but we were kind of more forced to release this november 5th and then i even dropped the ball with the flyer you know i did the flyer for the show and i just basically put like that's the divinity record release show whereas it could have been all kinds of shit it could have been the Dar- darson return cd release show uh harsh reality cd release show because they released an album in january but we were on covid so mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything so it could have been their cd release show pain ritual also could have had a release show and a debut because they haven't even played a show yet. This is going to be their very first show. You know, so like this could have been like all sorts of like, you know, reasons to come to this show. This whole thing's going to be like a special night. But um, yeah, I dropped the ball on that because I'm like, my head is going a million other places with all this shit. Wait, so are you guys on for the children? <laughs> no. Oh, no, okay. yeah, I, we, we, I, I feel like we didn't even have a, a chance. Like, you know, like, uh, I mean, I'm friends with the dudes who booked the show and mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that sounds bitter or whatever the fuck. But um, 
yeah, I feel like we didn't even have a chance. You know, I wanted to make it happen, but again, you know, it's like a, it could be for a multitude of reasons why we're not doing it. You know, again, we're, I mean, we're coming back from a six year hiatus. Um, yeah, you know, our affiliation is not there with certain people. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, again, I, I'm a transparent person. I'm an open fucking book about everything. And um, I have no idea. All I know is that I sent the messages. I was directed to other people who sort of just ghosted me on it mm-hmm. instead. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't get a no. I didn't get a maybe, nothing. It was just, uh, you know, I laid it out for them. Like, Yo, our record comes out December 1st-ish area. Like, we would love just to make this a record release show, even if we're like, you know, three or four of a lineup great you know or whatever the fuck like we just wanted to do something for the show but couldn't make it happen so you have the show lined up on friday are you going to be more active are you going to try to get on more bills reach out and try to do this a a little more than part-time well yeah well we had three shows planned you know i mean in addition to for the children planned you know it was nothing set and we did get invited onto a chain reaction show for November, um, actually the night that me and you hung out at the chain show or whatever, um, a band dude came up to me and was like, hey, we're playing Jane Reaction. Mm-hmm. You want to jump on the bill? And I was like, well, yeah, like, of course, you know? <clears throat> and um, yeah, shows were announced and uh, we got oh, nothing. Man. <laughs> so it's like, so, so we got weird. all like amped up. We we're like, shit, man, mm-hmm. like, you know, we may, we could possibly get for the children because, you know, again, I'm friends with the dudes of Booking Nails. Like, we could possibly get for the children. We could get this chain show, the foreign paint show. Like, everything is looking good. You know, like, we're, we're on, you know, on track for this momentum that we're looking to get right now. <clears throat> and then it just went to shit. Like, just hit a wall. Like, you know, as fast as the, those, uh, op- those opportunities came, they were gone. So, but yeah, I mean, the, we want to, you know, play as much as we can, you know, which is why I'm working so hard on this program show. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I pressed 200 fucking CDs to pass out a chain reaction. You know, it's, I mean, that's, you know, it was like total was like $250 down the drain, you know, mm-hmm. just to get momentum behind Darasum again, to get program as many heads as possible. Because to me at this point, program is the only option for bands you know unless you're gonna do pay to play at chain reaction um or be invited on by a band to play chain reaction it's very hard to get your foot in the door if you're not in an already established band yeah or if you're not in the Uh, right social circles it's like yeah yeah, there's a weird there's a lot of weird factors yeah and same and same with Hmm. you know la you know there's a very uh very uh divisive area going on there you know you have to know people to you know jump on one of the shows and so to me it's like program is our only option we have nothing in the inland empire everywhere in the inland empire that we have is 18 and over 21 and over which is you know unacceptable like for us like we're yeah. not going to do a adults only show like that's just so fucking stupid especially for these venues that we do have out here which would be fucking sick to have shows at you know, proper stages, proper sound, you know, equipment, 
like PA systems, everything, but they have to be 18 or 21 and over. And it just kind of like, like, you know, showcase was our last hope. You know, Aladdin's was kind of there, but I mean, now it's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, like we have nothing stable, you know, and SOS was out here and, in in, you know, in the IE doing shit for a long time, trying to make shit happen. But it's just, you know, nothing stays, you know, nothing can stick. And, you know, there's nothing like Showcase Theater other than, you know, again, these 21 and over venues that we have out here. We have proper venues, just 21 and over. And um, it fucking sucks because there's no option for bands. There's there's no band development type venues other than program. Program is any band's real hope to see a show without having to be in a certain social circle. You know, you just have to call them, ask them, Hey, can we make this happen? And it's going to be a yes or a no, you know, whatever happened to the nitty gritty. I don't know. <laughs> there were so many I shows mean, there. I mean, yeah. And it, it was a church, you know? So, I mean, again, it was also a very niche venue. You know, I mean, they do. They did have secular shows, of course. Yeah, uh, it's all running but, out uh, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played there. You know, we played there with Rotting Out as well. Um, but um, it was very more uh, Christian based. Same with like we had like uh, the Stronghold was a cool church venue. Paradigm was a church in Yokaipa. Incredible. And then, and then people got into raves. Apparently, that's what I was told. Like was, rave, the rave scene. Was that? Wait, was that the same church that was owned by the original singer of Sovereign Strength's dad, or was that another church? Uh, oh, that's the Stronghold, maybe. As in Chino Hills. No, no, no I, I know the Stronghold, but I, I thought his, um, I forgot the name of his. The, the dude's name was Jacob, if I remember correctly. His dad, oh, his dad owned the church, and he threw a couple of shows, but I forgot what it was called. I thought it was Paradigm. But I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, the paradigm was sick. Nukaipa, every show there, amazing. Like, I mean, because it was just a bunch of kids in the desert out there that are just bored out of their minds, and it's like, yo, there's a show happening. Like, let's go. And you got a crazy variety of uh, people out there, and it was just always a good time, you know. So, for for people who may not know, you have this YouTube channel where it, yeah. you know, you, you curate like a lot of. Um, older stuff you post a lot of um uh, you know older sets from you know not just southern california but a lot from southern california yeah. uh but w- one thing i noticed I, I don't think i ever saw a video from uh, tithemi uh in redlands do you have it or maybe i just overlooked it but I, I was looking i was like why does he have any or did nobody film there i do have a suicide silence set from tithemi and that's about it it was other show they played with death star back in the day yeah okay. death star and oblige mm-hmm. and i forget who else but yeah that's that's the only Tiffany show that I have from on my channel, but everything else is a lot of it's like more like showcase, mm-hmm. a lot of showcase theater footage. Because Tiffany, they were killing it for a while. They had so many good shows. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw Donnie Brook for the first time was in Tiffany. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Tiffany was was cool. Before that, there was a church called um, those the same dudes who did Tiffany shows. They did a show, they did shows at a place called uh, Oasis. I went there. Was- I, I went there. Um, uh, here's a funny story. So I, I went there to see Force of Change, right? Awesome mm-hmm. Orange County Straight Edge band. Um, 
and I, I went there with my buddy and he was wrapped up in some drama and I got a phone call after the show there were uh, for, for, from this dude and he was like hey like I know you and so and so were at the show um, I, I got people watching you guys like um, I could get you guys beat up uh, you know whenever I want so uh, to, so just know that uh, you're, you're not safe and I'll and I told him like yo I'm like if I'm gonna get beat up that's not gonna stop me from going to shows like yep. like like it's not gonna stop me so whoever you, whoever you have watching us tell them to come say what's up because if, if we're gonna have to get beat up or whatever it's not gonna stop me because like I, I i love this too much you're not gonna spook me from coming to shows like you got my number you know why i live i know where you live like like that's it like cool but and, and nothing ever came from it but i, I thought it was just like the funniest thing it was like the, the like weirdest phone call I, i'd ever gotten yeah yeah i mean yeah redlands used to have a great great little hardcore scene out there like yeah. oasis was great Tithomy was great um I'm trying to think about again. This is nothing sticks. We have nothing that sticks out here. Dude, Everything is, you know what my favorite because so okay. Outside of showcase, my favorite venue in the IE was uh Pharaoh's Den. That oh yeah yeah that SOS booked right there yeah. in like it was like downtown Riverside. Is that yep. yeah. yeah? So so next door, directly next door, is the other venue, which is called the Concert Lounge. Um, but it's twenty one and over. I mean, they have they have legit shows there though. Mm -hmm. You know, like they had like face to face there couple months ago they had a good riddance uh singer played there and you know but you have to be 20, the slackers the ska band slackers no. they played there and shit but it's like they have legit isolate diane played there but everything is 21 and over mm -hmm. and just fucking that's terrible pharaoh's down sick the load in not so sick <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go up those narrow stairs yeah but dude i saw who did i saw I saw Bitter End up there, Ludax like a bunch of times, Rotting Out. I saw Backtrack up there back in the day. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we did. Uh, we did. I think World of Pain's uh, like third show or something was was there. Mm -hmm. I know our, or maybe it was our third show, and like they're like, I don't know, something early in their show career. They still had two singers at that point too, but um, but yeah, I'm just uh, Rosedale was great. Yeah, it was a cool little spot. Just the loading sucked, and uh, again, you know, Nate tried. Man, he had another venue in downtown Riverside. It was off the ninety-one, and I always forget what's called. I saw what that's where I was exposed to with the draw. Um, but um, like CDC played there too. But it looked it had a setup like Showcase Theater, but it was like in a car, like a car garage thing or something. <clears throat> I always forget what's called. It, but uh, that wasn't like Parkside, was it? No. No, at Parkview. Oh, Park, okay. Yeah, but that's a, that's like a storage unit they had, mm -hmm. but uh, no, it's different too. But um, but it was like direct, like it was on the junction of the ninety one and the two fifteen, and it's like a little corner. That you'll see, like if you ever drive down the area, mm -hmm. you'll see a little car lot and just tucked away in the corner, and that's where it was at. But I like something like Sacred Grounds or something grounds. I forget, but um. I mean, the, they had a stage set up in the little corner, like Showcase was. Had little, like a couple lights, so sick. And I think it only lasted about like ten shows or something like that. And then, and then they were told that they couldn't do shows there anymore. But that was a cool little spot too. <clears throat> but um, man, like I talk to people all the fucking time, like oh, you know, why can't we buy the Showcase? Like we should figure out a way to get the Showcase or we need to figure out a venue and all this shit. And it's just like, good luck, dude. You know, it's yeah. like, 
Just like the venue, like all the all the potential venues are taken already, mm-hmm. but they're all like just off limits to shows. Like all we got are like bars. You could do a show at a bar, you know. But it's like we don't need bars and VFWs. You know, we need a proper venue. You know, like a seventeen twenty, a chain reaction. You know, like a supply and demand. We need something like just in one spot always consistent nightly daily or something like showcase is the showcase building still up i haven't been down there yeah it's uh right now it has a sign up they finally cover the marquee oh wow area and it's like for lease but what i heard they're trying to turn it into like a packing house type thing like a food like a food court hall wait so did they get rid of like the pizza spot next door yeah that's gone that's been gone for a couple years now yeah, Marcelo's. Um, the police station's gone now, which is was the main factor of why Showcase was asked to leave, you know, because the punks kept pissing all over the the police station right there. Mm-hmm. But uh man, if, if if the city agreed to have Showcase open again, I mean it could only be a positive thing for everybody, you know, kids and everything. Because when showcase closed, man, a lot of kids went down the wrong fucking rabbit holes <laughs> like a lot, a lot of them turned to druggies and partying and you know they got into uh, their own vices you know because there's nothing there to fucking keep that positive um environment you know for them and uh it'd be even sick now because now there's a starbucks in that plaza so it's like you go to fucking starbucks go see a fucking show you know like amazing it'd be a great time yeah, that venue was legendary. I saw some of like the best shows that I've ever seen in my entire life there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got to see Throwdown there, which I still hope that they come back at some point. I feel like it, it'll only be with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 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 the only Throwdown we're gonna get at this point is Dave. Dave and some scabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I actually uh, love Dave. Uh, he, he was nice enough to come on the podcast a couple years ago, yeah. and it was just All like. Along very generous with his time he, he was a- all all time one of my all-time favorite bands probably other than 10 yard fight my most influential band um vocally i mean i heard keith barney mm-hmm. and oh uh, man changed my life the minute i heard beyond repair i sat in my room like as like a fucking 15 year old or some shit just i'm going to you know get that voice i'm gonna figure out how he does it and i'm gonna steal it and i want that that voice for a band if i ever joined a band which i eventually got into bound of blood but Mm -hmm. um keith barney throwdown are basically i mean even bound of blood when it was all straight edge and everything i wrote was straight edge was because of throwdown everything was like always led back to throwdown i was like they're just my all-time favorite band and even with bound of blood and throwdown they helped us, you know, it's like we did a show in Reno and they were like, yo, like you want to open, you want to play the show with us? We're like, fuck yeah, we do. You know, it's like we played with them. I mean, they with Dave Peters and Keith Barney on guitar era, but um, I think we played with them like five times, you know, and they, and they were always, if not them, it was like their management, you know, that was always like, you guys want to play. And we're like, dude, don't even ask us Just say when and where we're there, you know, so throw down our, are a very important band to me and you know i could t- i could 
um, say this, I guess, now because we're like 10 years out at this point. Um, Keith, when Keith was doing Monument to Thieves, when he was starting it, he had me try out for the vocals. And that just like blew my fucking mind. I didn't get the part. You know, mm. I, I lost it to uh, Dave from uh, As Hope Dies and Force a Change. But, um, but man, uh, the critique I got back fucking sucked. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just amazing that, you know, a dude you look up to, you know, I guess you strive to be, you imitate, you know, I strived to imitate Keith at, this, at that point, you know, to finally be like, yo, you want to try out for this band? You know, I'm looking for a singer and all this shit. And I was just like, dude, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, I'm, I met Keith Barney on Main Street in Disneyland. Cause I was like, I was like hanging out with some people um, who knew him like personally. So we're like, you know, just, just doing our thing, walking through the park mm-hmm. and it was like him and I'm, I'm not sure if it was his wife, his girlfriend or whatever at the time. Um, but like, we're just there. I'm just like staring at him, like trying not to like ask him about like X rain X and like just talk about <laughs> old throwdown shit. Um, so I, I said, like, keep my cool. Cause yeah, like throwdown's like a, a really important band to me too. Uh, you know, uh, like one of like those first bands that like made me like really proud to like actually like be straight edge. Yep. They're the reason I went to warp tour. Like my first warp tour was like, what, like 2005 when they played. Um, yeah. So crazy band, yeah. uh, but you know, what's yeah. crazy is like, you, you, th- you think about like, uh, these like orange County hardcore bands, right? You, you think about like Atreyu, 18 visions, uh, and like bleeding through. And it's like, they've all kind of like, like, you know, came back and did stuff except for Throwdown, Cause like, even though like, yeah, well, so technically Throwdown came back, Cause they did the shows in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that was, um, um, was it like, I forget what that, not, it's not the album after Venom 2 is they call like deathless or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, they, uh, they, so technically they did come back, but not to, it, it, it just didn't last long. So I, I just wish, like I, I always ask, right? Because there's always the rumor, oh, Throwdown's playing Sound and Fury, blah blah yeah. blah, and it's like I'm just like, oh god, I I, I hope it's true this year. And then obviously, like I, I go and poke around and ask certain people and find out that it's not true. I'm like, right, dude, I was I was year. I was messaging Keith uh, when I when I heard that rumor too about Sound and Fury and shit. I was like, yo, Bound and Blood's been trying to do this fucking 18 year um, celebration or whatever the fuck, and we want to do a reunion show. Like, if you guys are coming back. Like, let us fucking open the show or be somewhere mm-hmm. on the fucking show. And he didn't respond. <laughs> that's like, that's like, I like was like, yo, like, I'm, I'll bring Bound and Blood back to fucking do a throwdown show because I fucking would. I, I mean, I would bring Bound and Blood back anyway, just for fun. But, um, but yeah, man, it's like, uh, to see a Keith version of throwdown. I mean, I seen it, you know, I, I saw that I mm-hmm. saw them like eight times with Keith is it's just uh, probably more than that with Keith. But um, yeah, it would just fucking blow my mind. I don't know. They, they did that. So the stitch your guns, they did a cover of Unite mm-hmm. at a observatory with like year of the knife and all that shit counterparts. I lost my mind. Now, would you be okay with like Keith and some scabs, or would you want Dave to be on guitar? Um, or like, I think I think I'd prefer with Dave. Also, I mm-hmm. think I think if they could figure out a way to do half Keith, half Dave, or half Dave, half Keith, I feel like it'd be stronger with 
at least for the market that would be the most stoked right now, like mm-hmm. in this period of time, it'd be stronger if it was half Dave than half Keith. Um, I think I'd be stoked on that. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it'd happen because Dom lives in Australia. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, w- I would want the classic. I mean, when we played with the Marino, mm-hmm. it was Dave on vocals, Keith on guitar, Tommy on guitar, Dom on bass. And I think um, um, they had some surfer dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. On, on drums, he had like some blonde surfer looking dude. I think he played in It's Time to Rock. I can't remember his fucking name, like Corey or something. But um, but that lineup would be fine, you know? Or even get Mark Marky from the Eulogy who played on the early Throwdown stuff, you know? To uh, fill in on uh, on drums or whatever the fuck. <clears throat> it'd, it'd be great. I mean, if it's just Dave and Dave, Keith and Tommy, I'd be happy. Yeah, I think since since those two are still around, I feel like they have to be like you know they both have to be a part of it because it would be weird. I think if like one got left out, I don't yeah. think it would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's just so many things that could go with it, you know. Like a split set would just be amazing because there's a lot of fucking haymaker venom and tear fans that throw down made you know with with the Dave period, mm-hmm. but I just know that <clears throat> right now the key era stuff is very hyped up you know it's just a lot of fucking people who want to see keith on vocals because he hasn't been on vocals well 20 years at this point so yeah that's like the one band when people ask me these days like who's left to like do a reunion right because there's so many bands have come back even yep. from like the older eras so yeah. now i'm kind of like okay now we're kind of have to like bump it up and like some of the the newer bands which is weird for me to like even think about bands that were that i got to you know uh, be a part of during their active years or now they're the bands that are going to be doing the reunions but it's like yeah like the one like one band that comes to mind it's like yeah like i really would love to see a throwdown reunion yeah so would i and and you know i i was sort of told that a concern with the reunion is that it, it wouldn't be what it once was, you know? And, um, which I get that, you know, nothing. I mean, yeah. It's it's, 20, 20 years later, of course. Yeah. Things are, things are different, but it's like, I feel like they would be pleasantly surprised at how much people still care about what they created, you know, so yeah. long ago. Well, they know, I mean, 18 visions is back, you know? Yeah, martyr but, martyr I, ad came back it's like they're these bands have their finger on the pulse and they see their hype they see what people are doing you know whether it's bootleg shirts or people threatening mm-hmm. to just repress shit on vinyl without their consent or whatever the fuck, you know they know that the hype is there it's just more of um the inner workings you know the the dealings with each band member that needs to be sorted out to make it happen, you know. And I and I'm 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 sure this Dave and Keith thing is probably a factor, you know. Like at this point, Throwdown is Dave's band, you know. Mm-hmm. Keith has again. Keith hasn't been other than doing you know a stint with them, you know, for Haymaker and all that stuff, you know. At at the like kind of like for me, like I'm not the original Bound on Blood dude. 
But at this point, it's like I control it all, you know, and that's kind of like Dave Peters, you know, like he's the fucking man now of Throwdown. And, um, you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, that he wants Throwdown to be like kind of like his legacy, <clears throat> you know, and I don't know if maybe bringing Keith back kind of downplays what he has worked so hard to build you know, with his legacy, his era would have kind of ruined that or whatever the fuck, you know, but I don't know. All I could do is hope it happens as a fan and as a, you know, as a friend to those guys, you know, I would only hope that uh, they could figure it out and make it happen one time at Glasshouse or Chain Reaction. Not Sound of Fury, not fucking... This is hardcore. None of that. Like I, if they if they come back, I want them to do a hometown show, and then go from there. You know, kind of like how Eighteen Visions did. You know, they did Observatory, and then they started doing all this other shit. But I feel like it could get a little tricky because you don't want to like overstay your welcome. You know, because unless they're gonna like be like a band and do like another record, so it's yeah. like I feel like. I feel like it, it just like you know bittersweet get in get out type thing you know because like, it would have to be I, I think that the smart thing obviously would be maybe for me in my eyes would be like do a hometown show and then you know a, this is hardcore or something you know like that's it you know kind of like I think tenure fight did that you know they just did this is hardcore no other plans like that was it you know yeah but um, I, you know what, what I think about is uh, remember when FaceTime Fest was happening? I, I don't know if it was going to come back or whatever, but like they kind of went to the model where like, okay, they're going to bring back like one of their older bands as like a headliner. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool. Like I, I went to the seven star one because uh, I, I, I love seven star. I, I think their music still holds up to this day. Awesome band. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Like they, they, they did seven star. They did like impending doom. I think they did looking forward one year. So yeah, I'm Sinai like, beach, uh, Sinai beach. And I'm, I'm like going down the list. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I hope we get to the point where like Shockwave comes back. So I missed out on that year because yeah. my first face on fest was 2005, right? So yeah. I, was, I was a year late, and I was just like, all right, cool. Hopefully we get to that point. But then it just kind of stopped. And, and then even like, um, like there's other bands like obviously like I know NIV played. Um, I heard what year it was, but they played like it was when I was at the the Stronghold. Yeah, they they did a they did a few reunions yeah. for Facebook Fest, and I, I think that band is fucking awesome but it's just yeah i i, I just wish that that could have happened i, I could have seen yeah. the shockwave set but yeah it never happened Dude, i i was i was i was at the shockwave facetime fest andrew uh newfeld mm-hmm. from uh comeback kid mm-hmm. <clears throat> he sang with shockwave that night he was one of the he was one of the uh singers or whatever but um and that that set was rowdy <clears throat> and i remember i ended up just going outside because i took a lot of shows for granted you know, I just like, I mean, even like Shockwave at Showcase, you know, one time, <clears throat> just like, okay. You know, I was like, I just like was such a, I took it all for granted. A lot of, the, a lot of those shows back then. But, um, but yeah, Glasshouse, the Shockwave show with Glasshouse was one of the shows. I, I vividly picture myself watching Shockwave from outside, just like through the sliver of the curtain. I could all just like peek in there and I'm like hanging out outside with people just uh, probably probably feeling too cool to be mixed in with the fucking crowd. But um, yeah, that was a good time. I loved Face on Fest. So I haven't been a one since um, they did one at, at the Stronghold. I think Gideon headlined. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, good times. I wish they would bring Falling Cycle back. And um, I did. I did talk to uh, uh, Jason Dunn about doing a tables have turned face down fest, which would be a cast in stone, torn in two, and point recognition all reunion shows to do that those split songs or whatever. And you know, obviously they're like respective sets. But um, man, yeah, there's a lot of bands on face down where I'm just like, come on, you know, overcome. See, overcome would be amazing again with the uh, jason stinson on vocals but um yeah i was just listening to um like brutal fight the other day i was like man oh dude i just bought brutal fight cd really that's weird. like like a month ago so i was digitizing they played a cinch you know at my friend randy's garage mm-hmm. and they're on and um he gave me like all these cassettes that he has and so i digitized it and i'm like who the fuck is this band and I'm like looking, like trying to figure out. I asked him, I call him, I go, yo, there's this band on here. <clears throat> all I all it says is like feeding fest or whatever, whatever number it was on. And he goes, Oh, that's brutal fight. And I go, dude, like this band is fucking sick. Like they're kind of like the Christian buried alive. And um, yeah, so I bought their CD. And the CD wasn't didn't hold up to me. Okay. Uh, but that set I digitized. Awesome. Like that band i'm happy that that was my introduction is watching that set because i was like blown away and kind of mad that i slept on them for so long but um yeah i did buy that i did buy their cd like probably two months ago you know just like holy shit like great band and uh another band under the radar yeah and it's one of those things that i i trip out because they were like they had so many good bands on that label and like they had such a vibe and now it's just like, and I've spoken about this before, but it's like, where is Christian hardcore? It's like not even like I'm, I'm not even like religious or whatever, but I still love those bands uh, just because I felt like they did good music. Yeah. But now it's just like, like I don't even think like I'm sure it's a thing, right? But it's just like not as prominent as it was before because like you know, um, what Impending Doom just came out with like a new EP, which is yeah. cool. It's yeah. nice to know that they're still doing things. But yeah, um, I felt like them and like Sleeping Giant were like the last like big wave of like that whole scene and now it's just kind of like yeah. I, I, it's a little more obscure now like no diss to anybody that's out there so doing it hit me up i, I want to check your band out but it's like where like it's not like what it used to be you know because like all these no. bands that we talked about you know from uh, shockwave to you know point of wreck and like all these bands that people probably never even heard of but it's just like it was so good and a lot of that music still holds up to this day like i oh, argue, yeah. like you know point of wreck i uh, know innocent victim still like, dude. yeah like it, it's still really good hardcore but it's, still yeah, it's like, a, i mean it's a good question though like you look at like solid state i can't even tell you what solid state's put out like silent planet i think i think that's like their last release oh. right now but there are no everything's christian like metal core mm-hmm. you know like well i guess people would call like the hot topic metal core because it's all like clean singing and screamy stuff but um, yeah, I, I I'm trying like you're like talking. I'm trying to think like, dude, like, what are some Christian hardcore bands? And I honestly could not tell you a single band at this point other than Impending Doom and what Holy Name. I guess Tommy from Sleeping Giants new band. Oh, he's in. But, I didn't even know he's in a new band. Yeah, he's doing his new project called Holy Name. But um, dude. you know, I I mean, I I guess if you follow Face Down, there's bands. But there's no like hardcore bands. They're all they're all like singy, like my epic. 
or something. Oh, I don't even want to know what that sounds like. <laughs> oh my, they're a pretty good band actually. I, I like their first album, but uh, but um, it's a good question. What happened to Christian hardcore metalcore? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay, I, I just I just talked to Brooke the other day. Me and him had a good about a two hour conversation about about our bands and stuff. But um, okay, so I'm like looking at Face Down's roster. And I'm just like. Oh, okay, cool. War of Ages, I I know them because they were from yeah, back yeah, in the day. So yeah. that's crazy to see that. that, that War, War of Ages, and I like those dudes too. I toured with them for a screen the prayer tour. Mm-hmm. But um, I I love those dudes as people. They're the most solid, genuine people. But I mean, it, the world could end, and they'll probably still be releasing fucking band, re- releasing albums. You mm-hmm. know, it's like they've stuck it out so long at this point, and it's like I mean, they 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 adapt really well mm-hmm. to 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 the scene and shit. But um. But yeah, man. They, 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 again, the, the the world could end, and they'll still be releasing albums. That band just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, but just go look at Face on Fest, like alumni on, on their website, and there's so alumni many, is classic, dude. Classic so, bands on the alumni. So many good bands. I remember uh-huh. the, seeing the deal at Showcase. Yep. Jeez, yeah, it's crazy, but. Uh, and I, I was thinking about it too because like whenever I like I, I'm in Disney, I'll, I'll, I'll like see some like Dave Quiggle art pop up, and I'm like, man, oh yeah, that guy's yeah, awesome. Dude, we could get Disciple reunion, shit, man, be amazing. Yeah, dude, we we covered Darcy covered um a Disciple song. Um, uh, what the fuck is on No Blood No Altar? Um, wow, I can't remember the song. I was going blank in my head, but we we covered them for an entire tour. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave a fuck, man, and it blew my mind because they are like so fucking good. Like I absolutely love that band, that EP especially, dude. If it wasn't for like disembodied, um, if God only knew, tenure fights, um, the only way, um, drive me dead, throw down, um, disciples, no altar, no blood. Like if those albums didn't exist, I'd probably love full lengths. But because those EPs exist. That's why like Darcy only has EPs. Like I'll, I will only, I only have EPs in mind because of those fucking albums. Like EPs are just so those bands just release like amazing EPs, and um, yeah. But um, yeah. I guess go back to the disciple thing, man. If I could just get a disciple reunion, man, man, that I would just make my life right now. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Obviously. You, you had this long stretch to work on the upcoming EP. Mm-hmm. Are there even any thoughts of any new music? Cause that's a long time to not yeah. write new stuff. Yes. So because these, because the plans fell through for our 2021 year, um, the plan now is to do the show. Okay. Which we, I mean, we practice, we're heavily practicing the, the set list um for friday but um after that it's strictly to get together and start writing a full length because i mean we need a full length like we as much as i want to just do eps Mm -hmm. because eps are just it's all banger no filler you know it's like you just pick your fucking five six strongest songs you're in and out of someone's ear right now like there's no attention span for music it's too much music. It's hard to sit through a fucking full length. <clears throat> um, 
you know, that's why I'm so I'm, I really like EPs because I don't even have the attention span to listen to a, a full length. It's very hard for me to listen to a full length. I have to like be doing something, you know, working or something. But um, but we need a full length. I think I think more opportunities arise for bands if you have a full length. Like Darsum, we had an opportunity to do a Japan tour, but it was contingent on having a full length. Because it would be a media scare in that record label in Japan's like split release. Like they were going to release it in Japan and media scare was going to release in the US. And it's like, I mean, that's how bad our burnout was for Darasum at that point was even a Japan tour couldn't get us to be in a room together and write a fucking album. I mean, we were just so fucking done. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so that's out the window. But you know, all that's basically the plan at this point is there's other plans. I'll, I'll discuss it with you off air. But um, yeah, it's like the, a full length is in our plans. And uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's just really just to focus on the momentum of um, this release. We got a hundred records uh, coming in. And basically, the plan is just to play shows until those sell out, and then go from there. I guess. So we're doing 100 records, 50 CDs, 25 cassettes, and then I don't know from there. Other well, than a full thing. Well, it sounds like you guys have a nice plan for now. You know, give you some time to obviously work on this full length and. Uh, I, I know it's going to be a, a cool journey to, to write new music because I, I feel like sitting with those songs for so long on top mm. of those two that you didn't even use for the record, it might yeah. be like, you know, a, a cool refresher to be able to work on something new and not have to think about these songs that you've uh, you know, been working on for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's great that because we've been sitting on these songs. Well, fucking I, mean, I hate to admit it, you know, how long we sat on them since 2013, well, the eight years. And for people to hear it now and then be like, oh, my God, like sick, like sounds great, like best stuff you guys have done and blah, 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 you know, <clears throat> and it's just um, a, a, a constant discussion. I saw I, one of my best friends is my guitar, the original guitar player for Darsum. Him and I have talks all the fucking time. We talk sometimes I would say most times twice a week about shit. And the, the discussion that always comes up is what would Bound of Blood do at this point? Because I mean, Bound of Blood, I mean, we were we sold out Showcase. You know, we could always play to a couple hundred kids at Showcase, no matter what. So whatever we did, I felt like is what we had to do with Darsum. And, um, you know, but obviously pick it up, modernize it, or whatever the fuck. But um, to me, what I wanted out of you know, this new Darsum was basically the same feeling I got when I, I get when I listen to the old Bound of Blood, the last Bound of Blood demo is that I could listen to it and enjoy it because it's a timeless to me sound. It's just a fucking just kind of like a typical hardcore album with like a little bit of metalcore mixed in there, but it doesn't sound dated. Like it doesn't have like a dated sound. And, you know, for people that I've shown, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was like, 
one of our a mutual friend of ours was like oh did you guys listen to the new tear and write this oh my dude like these are eight-year-old songs like no you know like we do i mean we were doing it already you mm-hmm. know and for me it was just kind of like great like that's sort of what i'm looking for is that sound you know terror is timeless you could listen to lowest of the low and you could listen to um you know, that retaliation album and it's just like it's they're equally good they don't sound dated they don't sound modernized it's just that sound that that typical hardcore sound that you would just expect to hear when you want to listen to a hardcore album like it just doesn't go out of style and to me when i listen to bite back the darsim album the ep all of it sounds dated to me it's a dated sound because my guitar player at the time was basically what's writing what was kind of like he was aiming for what would be cool, you know, like no place for uh, no place called home, whatever, you know, it's like a very big anthemish song, you know, that he expected like, dude, we could play like a stick to your gun show, you know, to 800 people or whatever. And all these kids could be singing that shit. It'd be big. It'd be epic, like wake the dead and all this shit. And, you know, we took it on tour. Nope. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. crickets, you know, it was just crickets. But, you know, we played our songs like Seasonal Friends or even the song Bite Back, you know, and those were the songs that got the biggest reactions, you know, just these fucking the the basic hardcore songs, you know, that people are familiar with that sound. They're more familiar with it when they think of hardcore. And that's what I just aimed for with this Darcy album. And it's going to be hard to kind of like, I don't want to say duplicate it for a full length, but figure out how to you know um capitalize on it because now we're obviously like in a different mindset than 2013 Mm -hmm. you know we're all listening to different bands at this point um the bands that influenced this album aren't very influenced in it now other than hate breed hate breed again is what i strive for um but um yeah my, my plan is just to basically continue this direction get make it more intense if i could get more you know thrashy like uh i I love 80s metal you know heavy metal um that'd be great so guess we'll have to see well i'm definitely looking forward to hearing new music obviously i i enjoyed the record that's coming out friday but i'm i'm uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys come out with next but uh, last thing I, I want to ask you about, because obviously I, I know you're a fan of um, inclination and I'm always curious yes. about, um, you know, your uh, temperature when it comes to like current hardcore and inclination. They had a new song on uh, America's Hardcore Volume 5. And I, I'm curious, uh, did you go check out their new song and did of you course. listen? But did you listen? Did you listen to the comp? Did you check out any other bands that may have caught no. your interest? No, I did not. <laughs> there's 30. There's like 39 <laughs> tracks on that. And you didn't too much. I, dude, I just said. I, I can't even listen to a full length. It's hard for me to listen to full length. Dude, I've got three copies. Okay. Four copies of that band Morning from UK. Oh. I got four copies of Grief. I haven't listened to a single one of it. I just got it and I go, I don't have time. And I just put it in a shelf. Like, but, like, but wait, did like you a, buy it knowing? Have you listened to the music though? Or no? You just bought it? Well, I, I, well it's a compilation. So okay. I have I have all the material on cassette and CD. Okay. But, um, 
but I'm, I'm always big. I'm a, I'm a very avid listener. I buy something. I will listen to it, okay, whatever it is. So a band could give me a demo. I'm going to listen to it. I don't toss anything. I keep everything. I listen to everything once and give it a chance. Um, inclination situation. They just posted their song. You know, it was like they posted like a band camp link just to their song or something. Mm-hmm. I clicked the link, listened to their song. And that was it, you know, but there are bands, you know, with that said, there are bands that are catching my attention. Um, Times of Desperation, who are fucking incredible. Contention from Florida, incredible. Um, What's the fucking other one? Um, I know you listen to that band, A Knife in the Dark. I, I had to ask you about them. Wait, wait, say that again. A Knife in the Dark from North oh, Carolina. Oh, Knife in the Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome fucking band. I don't, I'm not a fan of Magnitude whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I've seen them twice. Don't do it for me. A Knife in the Dark, though. Like that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fucking fantastic. Um there's other bands. I just sent a list to uh, uh I just sent a list to another friend of mine from back in the day who's mm-hmm. like, there's some new bands right now. But um I just sent him a list of, of newer bands that I'm I'm liking. So there are some or oh, Rain of Salvation. Okay. I think Rain of Salvation is sick. Yeah. Um They're they're trying to work on a new record. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have um I think I have most of their stuff. I have like, like second pressings of all their shit, but um, <clears> the <throat> coming to strife, man, that label putting out some good stuff. You know, it hurts. It hurts my PayPal credit when I have to buy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate buying shit from the UK or even um days. You know, uh, days of the past records or whatever. Mm, yeah, days. Yeah, they're um, they're doing some good stuff. They just but, uh, uh, yeah, they just put that new out for justice record that came out. Yeah, 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 I, and I'm not big on that band. I, I musically, if they 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 do it for me, you know, they're kind of like a harm's way to me. Mm-hmm. Musically, they're sick. Vocally, it, it I guess it takes a little warming up to get to. Because I'm not like a big 100 Demons fans, and I feel like a lot of these like vocalists right now are kind of like doing like a 100 Demon ish yelling, screamy type vocal thing. But um, because they Alfred Justice did that split with Morning. Mm-hmm. And that was my that was my introduction to them, and um, I mean I bought it strictly for morning, but um, yeah, they, it didn't really catch my attention musically. I thought I was like, oh shit, like this is gonna be sick, and then it kicks in. I'm like, nah, I'll listen to it. But have you listened to Seed of Pain? I think I did check them out. I feel like you would like them. I think I want to say I checked them out because. Obviously, it's a course of disapproval song. So I, I'm pretty sure I checked it out and I didn't think it was bad, but they didn't stick. You know, they're not, they weren't like a, like a, a contention or inclination type band for me where I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, like, you know, I'm like, t- I'm texting, you know, my guitar player, you know, I'm like, dude, like, you got to check out this fucking band. Like, stop listening to landmarks and listen to this shit, you know? Um, and my, my, my guitar player, the original guitar player, Darsum, very heavily into, um, like, um, I guess like the hot topic metalcore stuff, you know, you like landmarks and, um, he sent me some other band. I'm just like, I've never even heard of landmarks. Yeah. They're like a Australian or English band or something. I don't know, but, um, he's always sending me their shit. Oh, this person he's, or I think it's a girl singer. She did a guest vocal with this band. You should check them out. I was like, dude, I'm stop trying to make it happen. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I don't like landmarks. Like it, that's your shit, you know, but check out times of desperation. They're fucking great. You know, like, but, um, but he sent me some bands the other day that are on, on board, like a, uh, caged. He sent me and, um, um, some other fucking bands. I don't know, but he was like, dude, like this is all bands up your alley. He goes, I, he goes, I found all these bands from listening to the bands you sent me, like, and they're sick. You gotta check them out. But um, I haven't checked them out. Just no time. But um, yeah, but I, I'm trying. I know, I know from our last talk that we had, mm-hmm. I wasn't in it. But um, you know, it takes a band like Reign of Salvation, uh, Treason, um, you know, Tons of Desperation, for me to really go like, fuck, man, like, okay, like there's some good shit out there. Like I hear all this shit you're stealing from. Like contention has a fucking riff that's totally an archangel song, but they they you know they twisted and you know maneuvered it around to kind of make it their own. But it's like you kept the riff, and I know that's an archangel song, but um, you know it's like as long as they're making it their own, you know I could dig it. Inclination now they're just on another level. You know they're taking those influences and really making it their own. You know, I hear all the influences and shit, but it's like, I'm not like, oh, they're taking it from this or that's this riff or that's that riff. Like they just are molding it themselves and making it new, you know, whereas there are a lot of other bands right now that are just kind of like, you know, let's uh, listen to, you know, Reprisal, Archangel, Caliban and rework it, you know, like a couple of years ago, it was Disembodied and Undying mm-hmm. that they were ripping off this year. It's. Archangel, Caliban, Reprisal, Good Life Records bands, you know, like they're fucking, they're taking from now. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to hear, you know, what you're directly ripping off from. You know, I, I want, I would hope, I want bands to, you know, make it their own. Like, you know, like Darsum, you know, like I've already said, you know, it's like, we're very heavily a uh, throwdown figure four hate breed inspired band, you know? And it's like, all I try to do is mix it all together and, you know, just make, try to make it our own, but, you know, without you knowing specifically like, Oh, that's all hate breed or that's all throwdown or whatever the fuck, you know? But um, again, there's some bands, you know, I'll show between me and my guitar player. And he's like, dude, that's a fucking, Caliban riff listen to this this song you know or that's an archangel riff that's this song you know and you know i don't know i know it's hard to fucking you know you can only write so many notes on a guitar but structure that's what structure is for <laughs> all right last question uh I, i'm curious are you still in contact with josh from suicide yeah always yep is he doing yeah. good because I, I haven't heard from him i hope he's doing well He's quiet, very quiet guy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's having some issues with this cat right now, but, um, yeah, he's good. I mean, everybody in suicide science camp, I just hung out with all the suicide science dudes a couple weeks ago and, um, I'm, I'm always trying, man, get, get that OG lineup together, get that first singer back in the lineup do, um, do a set, do something, you know, try to do something special. You know, I would like to do a, uh, 
it's been in the works for a few years. You know, I'm trying to do an Inland Empire classic throwback show, you know, Bound on Blood, Suicide, Final Burden, Obliged, Torn Within, you know, trying to get some classics back. Um, underneath the gun, <laughs> you know, like trying to, try to get like a classic lineup back together. Dude. But uh, man, I can't believe you brought that band up. That band, those young kids went so hard. I can, yeah. I, there hasn't been anything like that since. Which is crazy. Yeah, dude, I saw them in a garage when they were like 13, 12, 13 year olds. <clears throat> dude, and um, where did I, see? I, I saw them at like this place called the Firehouse in like Marietta. It was like some old. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like some old theater <laughs> that they turned into a venue. Like they had they had the seats bolted into the ground still and people had like yeah. mosh around that stuff. Yeah. That band was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked to uh, their guitar player and their singer still. <laughs> wait, um, trying it, to make something happen, man. Dude, wait, does does the singer still have like his um his health? I, I don't know if it's maybe yeah, yeah. He had a he had he had health issues. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I forgot specifically what it was. I hope he's better. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude, shredded. Okay. So shredded now. He's uh he's him and the guitar player are shredded dudes. They've uh they're definitely um healthy right now. I, I don't remember where I was, but me and some friends were about to some weird fest that they're playing. They had opened up with like, I think it was like understatement from like newfound glory, but they just played like the, just like the beginning, but then kicked right into a breakdown totally switched it up. So like yeah. tricked a lot of people who didn't really know who they were, but yeah. dude, that band played house of blues in downtown, uh, downtown Disney, you know, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously the house of blues isn't there anymore, but back in the day, it's like, yo, um, you know, underneath the guns playing downtown Disney. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know, this has been in the in the works for at this point now four years. We've been trying to make this happen. But um, you know, you know, Final Burden is a very difficult band to deal with uh, with uh with when it comes to members. And Bound on Blood's guitar player <clears throat> was in Final Burden. But um, I can't even get him to do it, you know. So it's uh, well, so you don't want you're trying to drag them back to this life that they're probably trying to get away from. No, they want to do it, you know. Oh, Paul, you know, Paul wants to do it. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's very uh, you know, it's, it's five dudes. You know, you're trying to bring back. You know, there are a couple of guys that are you know trying to get out of this this uh, this world, you know, and with all these resurgences, they're just getting sucked right back into it. But, um, you know, one, one, one day it's going to happen. You know, we just gotta, the stars got to align. Everybody got to be home and, um, you know, everybody meaning a suicide, um, to make it happen, you know, but suicide's on board. You know, I just talked to him again a couple of weeks ago. They want to do it. It's just timing. All right. Well, hopefully the right people hear this and uh, you know, get some some more movement on it because I, I think that that would be something special to see yeah. a lot of those bands kind of on one bill in like this day and age. That that'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd be the first time in uh since two thousand, well, like four or some shit like that, two thousand five, some shit. All right. Well. Um, this has been awesome, Gabe. Obviously, I like I said before, I have a lot of respect for you, uh, and I'm happy to have you back on the podcast. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, yeah. So obviously, Friday, November fifth, um, our show is Foreign Pain, Pain Ritual, and Harsh Reality. Um, Ten bucks. 
also basically every band has a CD release coming out. Um, aside from that, uh, for the first time, nearly what, nearly 15 years, uh, Bound on Blood last two demos will be pressed on CD. And um, that's going to be limited just to 50 copies, just in and out. Um, and that's about it. And hopefully down the road, we can have some more um, news from Darsum and, you know, maybe Bound on Blood. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you again, Gabe. And we'll be back soon.